You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Tech stocks seriously rebounding yesterday. Bitcoin too. Oh, and uh, Elon Musk wants Twitter to know that he spoke with the North American Bitcoin Miners Association regarding sustainability. Well, we see gold prices scaling a more than four-month peak today as the dollar and U.S. Treasury yields slumped. So the rand uh, last traded at 13 rand 87 to the dollar. So uh, strong as she goes, as we see data showing U.S. consumer confidence for May easing a little bit. While uh, one-year consumer inflation rate expectations rose to 6.5%, Nick Kunza, Portfolio Manager at Sunland Private Wealth. What's going on out there? <laughs> Evening, Michael. Yeah, it's, it's a choppy, choppy sessions at the moment. Um, that sort of a steady grind that we saw from the lows in, in March last year. And, and, you know, I thought the easy money had been made. Well, it certainly was because the last couple of weeks, it's a bit of a choppy session trying to sort of watch this tug of war between the risk on, the risk off. And as you mentioned in the intro, bitcoins and cryptos all over the place, throwing a little bit of inflation numbers too in the gold price and a few other things. And it makes for quite a complicated mix for people like myself to figure out what's going on. It really is very difficult to discern a trend. I suppose the only trend that we can discern mm. is that we tend to go, take two steps forward and then another two steps back. And uh, you mm. said it's this tug of war between uh, those who potentially feel that there there is not much more uh, alpha to be had out there versus those who are still quite bullish, who perhaps think there is still no alternative, and then continue to buy the dip every time we see some mm. kind of pullback. Let's talk about some of the major movers then. Uh, Karoo, which is uh, now thankfully on ShareNet listed with only two O's, uh, the top performer on the day up 5.7, the big green up 5.6, uh, followed by Absa and Diskim and uh, First Rand. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a ink theme to that for you? A little bit of theme, Michael, but also a little bit of, of, of financials coming back to the fore. Um, you know, I've been watching for that. You know, financials, you know, over the years tend to sort of lead markets up and they tend to lead markets down. They're normally quite quite good sort of leading indicators. And, and we've seen what's happened overseas, Michael, with, with the likes of JP Morgan, Bank of America, you can name a couple of U.S. banks all sitting at all-time highs. Mm. What if our banks in South Africa are stuck down 50% or 30% from its pre-COVID levels so not displaying the same things? And I think that's a thing to do with with, uh, you know, just a lack of growth in, in South Africa or anemic growth anyway. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe just a little bit light in the tunnel. A stronger rand. We saw uh, bond yields uh, back under 9% briefly today, 8.99. And you've seen the rand, nice levels on the rand. You know, maybe that's... Uh, Getting a little bit of tail into the financials, so I think it's. I'll take it as a positive. I'll take it as a positive. Even though we sort of finished on the lows in the session, I think it's quite. It's, it might be quite good for the next few weeks, anyway. Mm, well, and, and I suppose lows because commodities still under some pressure and mm. uh, amongst the biggest down uh, or, or losers on the day, because Chinese officials are starting to step up their 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 fight against soaring prices. And <laughs> I mean, you take anything out of China with a, a huge dollop of uh, central. Com- Communist Party salt, don't you? Uh, but they are worried about rising prices over there. And China's National Development and Reform Commission sounds like something that would have been cooked up by uh, Trade Industry and Competition <laughs> Minister Ibrahim Patel, saying they're showing zero tolerance for monopoly behavior and hoarding. Uh, and, well, c- commodities down 1.5% today. 
you know, I, get, you know, I don't want to say what I feel like saying on, on your show. It's a family show, Michael. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the, the Chinese, you know, they came to the market with something like iron ore, for example. They listed iron ore futures on a Danon exchange a number of years ago. Iron ore futures used to be settled on a, on a monthly basis amongst the miners and the millers and everyone else. So they decided to introduce these speculative contracts. And then all of a sudden, the speculation is rife. Chinese platforms, you can get 20, 30 times gearing for your, your grandmother in Beijing who wants to play in the iron ore futures. And now all of a sudden, it gets to $220 a, a, a ton and they want to ratchet it back. And, and the funny thing is, Mark, this is a good little story. When they do ratchet these margins and try and curb speculation, the Chinese, they just go into something else. And in fact, I don't even make this up. Egg futures, last time they tried to do this, <laughs> went a limit up as people dived out of iron ore speculation and decided to dive into eggs. But I don't know, maybe some of the listeners can tell us what you can do with egg futures. Oh, what came first, uh, the, the iron ore futures <laughs> or the egg futures? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it just shows you leave markets uh, alone. Stop trying to interfere at the centre mm-hmm. and tinker and allow there to be a free exchange. Uh, if people want to make mistakes, there's buyers and sellers on every single side of a trade. Yeah, zero-sum game, as they say. There we go, there we go. Now, um, in the M&A space, and I suppose for as long yep. as we see the world awash with liquidity and cheap money, we're going to see the, the corporate financiers uh, walking away with... Uh, their saddlebags bulging, and I'm sure there are quite a few around the Amazon mm. MGM deal. It's a $9 billion transaction, and the Wall Street Journal saying that it's expecting to happen uh, this week. MGN's owned by a private equity group, Anchorage Capital, uh, and it's been uh, on the sales block since last year. And mm. what does it have? Well, it's got a 4,000 movie catalogue. It's got all of the James Bonds and the Rockies and the Robocops and Tomb Raider. It's got some TV show productions, uh, and Amazon quite likes that. It wants to go take on Netflix. Yeah, you know, it's another interesting play. You know, as you said, cheap money, uh, and I think also cheap money that's that's available at the moment because there are, you know, as you've seen, these bond yields tick up, and money may be not going to be so cheap if we get an inflation coming along anytime soon. So I think we'll see a sort of a bit of a flurry of deal making now. And as you said, it's been on the blocks for a while, but maybe that sort of cheap money window period is starting to close. So all these deals are coming to the fore. Um, I mean, look, look closer to home with, with uh, Distel and, and yeah. Heineken and a few others. So I think we're in for a little bit of a, a flurry of, of corporate action, um, as I said, as that sort of cheap money window closes. But uh, market not too excited. I see Amazon's literally sitting exactly unchanged on the day. And I think it's been in the cards for a while, this deal. Yeah, and uh, I mean, who tends to win from these mega M&A transactions? Uh, tends to only be the corporate financial fin- Financiers and maybe the CEOs and the executive shareholder value created, and the and the lawyers, of course, and the reporting Mm. accountants. Never the shareholders. Shareholders always last in line. Uh, Richmond, um, I'm I'm not going to talk about that. I wanted to with you because I think it's a fascinating Mm. story. But we've only got three minutes left, so I want to move on to the news of the day. Coronation uh, revenue up 22.5 percent. HEPs up 43.5 percent. Fund management earnings 36 percent, and its interim divvy up 36. Amazing what you can do in a rising market. Amazing you can do coming off a very low base, and amazing how you can you know introduce your your dividend up 37 percent when the majority of shares are held by, by staff members. But I digress. <laughs> um, it is no, but, but a solid set of numbers. You know, obviously a lot of this is the market. I mean, you can't get a market in South Africa you know going up 50 percent. And if you're a fund manager like Ben, who are a monster in the business, and they are one of the largest players in our space, and of course, market game with it. But not to take away from a from a solid set of numbers, I think, and uh, look. I think that I think the hard money for these 
these asset managers in the next six months, next year, what they do. But nevertheless, not taking anything away from it, good numbers overall. And then just quickly, Data Tech's going to be issuing an ordinary divvy for the first time in four years, uh, and unsurprising considering it's a tech group. And if you're not making money or expecting to make money as a tech group, uh, when uh, the pandemic just uh, threw petrol on that raging fire of digital transformation, then I don't know when you're going to make money. Yeah, exactly. Look, it's a bit of a bit of an unloved business, and uh, we've got so few. And when the tech shares, as you said, Mark, have been running, and the Nasdaq's been the place to be during the pandemic, and we have so few to choose from in South Africa. But I thought it was quite also another good set of numbers. And look, it's in line with the market. It's been up about up about fifteen, sixteen percent year today. It's it's called a little bit of an outperformer. Um, but overall, you know, I think they're doing okay. A little dividend to one rand a share, and uh, headline earnings up a little bit nicely too. Um, and they've got a few interesting plays and believe it or not um, those who don't know I mean Datatech operates in about 60 countries um, you know yeah. North America Latin America so quite a good little success story and I think this one's got legs I think you can keep it on this one yeah Die Data gets all of the headlines and the plaudits but Datatech uh, is uh, equally uh, one of those tech businesses that South Africa can be rightly proud of has exported its model all over the world and we do like our dividends here on Classic Business Nick Kunza Portfolio Manager at Sutherland Private Wealth with your view from the market